I'm Dee Brown, CEO, and welcome to this episode of Self Made. Joining me on the show today is an internationally acclaimed actor, best known for his role as Michael Orr in the movie Blindside. Please help me welcome Quentin Aaron to Self Made. Quentin, man, I'm glad to have you on the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Listen, I always like to start the show off by really understanding uh, where you come from. You know, so start with, with your childhood. Where did you grow up? And talk to me about your early years. Ooh, yeah. All right. Uh, born and raised in the Bronx, New York. Um, I'm an 80s baby. Grew up. My mom said I came out singing. <laughs> she was like, she was like, she was like pop right out. You yelled, and it was like harmonious. The doctors was like, is he singing? <laughs> wow. I was like, wow, okay. And then later on, I guess around four, she couldn't shut me up. She'd be playing me. Every time she played music, I'm singing the song. She's singing, like, uh, back in the day, I used to do some Anita Baker, um, Sade, Michael Jackson. Wow. You know, Prince. So, I, you know, I've been singing, like, pretty much every, all my life. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and then I took to acting, not long after that because uh-huh. I used to like to watch certain shows but I would always pretend to be the characters yeah. on the shows that I watched so it drove her crazy around the house you know I would always she didn't know who I was one day I'm Batman <laughs> running around in some tidy whitey underwears with a bathroom towel tied around my right, neck right you know don't tie the towel too tight just just, just yeah. running and pass out <laughs> boy cutting off his circulation untie the towel like yeah almost choked myself out but yeah so what were some of the challenges you faced during your childhood? Bullying. Yeah. Uh, I used to get bullied a lot in school. Um, it's funny, I was always the biggest kid in class, but... Yeah, I was going to say that. Yeah. You don't look like the guy people go around want to bully. Oh, t- t- today I'm not. Today, no. It's very hard to bully me today. <laughs> you know, I got tough skin, but I'm also tough. So. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, I'm a nice guy. Um, I think back in the day I was just... You know, being the older brother, um, I didn't really have people to look out for me in school. And I was always shy and timid, very introverted. And so I would kind of just like stay to myself. But that's a, you know, target for kids who don't know no better. And so I got picked on. I got teased. I got called names. And I remember one day coming home and talking to my mom and I asked her, I said, how come nobody likes me? She said, well, what do you mean when you say nobody? I said, the kids at school. She said, well, let me ask you something. You have friends? I said, yeah. She said, do your friends like you? I said, yeah. She said, you believe me when I say I love you? I said, yeah. yeah. She said, what about the rest of your family? I said, yeah. And so she looked around and she goes, well, what do you mean when you say how come nobody likes you? Because I just pointed out several people who right, do. Right. You know, and I said, well, when you put it that way, you know, <laughs> Uh, you know, um, she told me, she said, doesn't matter if people like you that you don't even know. She said, all you can do is be you. She said, be you, baby. She said, be you, baby. Yeah. Just be you. And, you know, it doesn't matter who don't like you. You ain't put here to please them. So yeah. be you. And God has a, you know, bigger purpose for you. So just live your life. Do what you want to do. And I'm going to help you along the way. Now, uh, you, you mentioned the whole uh, bullying aspect uh, that mm-hmm. you dealt with growing up. And I know that you have a foundation uh, that oh. you started, right? Yeah. So talk to me about the foundation and the inspiration behind that. 
Yeah, so I, so back in 2012 or yeah, 2012, I started the Quentin Era Foundation. And it was just basically a way for me to travel because I wanted to be more hands-on. So I, I wanted to travel the country and go to schools and speak to kids and tell them my story and, and kind of like connect with them yeah. in a way, in a sense to where they could see where I come from, you know, and being where I was with the platform that I was given, they can then see, you know, maybe my dreams aren't so far-fetched. Right. You know? um, my mission was to alert children that, you know, no matter what you're going through, there's a way out. You know, yeah. trouble don't last always, like the songs right. we hear growing right. up. Um, I wanted to let them know, like, listen, you could be at the bottom. Like, I, for me, I got an eviction notice 30 seconds before I got the call that I got the role for the blind side. Wow. You know, so I'm, I hang up the phone from the sheriff's department and I'm trying to figure out what's my next steps. I'm yeah. like, all right, um, pack up whatever I can, take my brother, we're going to get a cheap motel and try to figure it out from there. Hello? Quit and guess what? And something, like this was a year and three months since I heard anything about the movie. Because oh, it was like wow. a, a whole, one studio had it thrown on the shelf or yeah. whatever. When she said, guess what? I said, the blind side. She said, how did you know? I was like, <laughs> wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> you know, and so, uh, man, you never know what God has in store for you. Yeah. You know, and I've learned that a lot uh, over the years. You know, he just always stepped in right when I needed him to. So right. I stopped worrying about things that weren't in my control because, I, you know, somebody more powerful than me has yeah has it in his hand so now i'm gonna pivot back just a little bit as a kid uh growing up mm -hmm. you didn't have a father right yeah and so i know you connected with your father later uh in yeah. life so talk about you know kind of from as a kid your mm -hmm. perspective of not having a father uh, I grew up, I didn't have a relationship with my father, never, you know, really had a conversation with him. Mm -hmm. uh, so I can kind of relate to that whole uh, dynamic. But talk about that as a kid and then take me through that journey of meeting your father. Awesome. Yeah. So as a child, um, I guess it didn't really make much of a difference to me at first because my mom was amazing. You know, uh, I mean, there were men in and out of our lives when we were younger, my brother and me. Um, but for the most part, I, I could say at an early age, my brother's father was in the picture. And he taught me the kind of man that I do not want to be. <laughs> you know, he, he, yeah. he showed me. That's the only thing I thank him for, you know. Um, but yeah, he was very abusive to my mother. And lo and behold, literally we know the only thing it would have took to get him out of there was for him to put hands on either me or my brother. Yeah. Because the, the night that that happened, put it this way, y'all ever seen the Tina, Tina Turner movie? Uh, was, what was it? Um, what Love's Got to Do With It? That? Was that it? Yeah, I think What Love's Got to Do With It where, where Angela Bassett played Tina Turner. Yeah. And the part in the limo where she went ham on, oh boy, right. yeah. Yeah, so <laughs> one night, uh, my brother's father decided to come home drunk and loaded and he hit me. <laughs> my mom tackled him like a linebacker. Hit him. Yeah. <laughs> like, took him to the floor, started jumping. I'm like, Mom, 
I'm seven. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm a help. I'm a help. I ran and got the old broom. We had the old broom with the, the big stick and the, the straws. And I'm right. like breaking them in the face with it. I, I took the iron burnt. Yeah, I, I'm incriminating myself. I was seven at the time, so I can't be arrested. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we 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 got him. We got him good that day, and then yeah. that was actually the last time I seen him till I was like bigger. And reason being is like he he got out of jail several years later, and he wanted to see my brother, his uh-huh. his son. So my mom was like, you know, Jared was too young to remember what happened. We'll leave it up to him if he wants to see him. Well, let him come by. So, yeah. of course, I had to go pick him up from the bus station, and I gave him the talk. Yeah. Now, me, 16, I was 6'6", 340 pounds, wearing yeah. a size 17 shoe. He's six, six feet, 200 pounds. So he goes, yeah, son. I said, don't call me that. <laughs> Just look yeah, around yeah. don't call me that. Let me tell you something. And we were in the car driving. I said, I want you to act up this weekend. <laughs> act up. One time. Nobody going to find you. <laughs> That's what I said to him. He was on his best behavior. Yeah. I was, yeah. But uh, that so, was. So fast forward uh, to how you, how did you meet your father? So my father came into the picture last year. All right. So um, I don't know what it was, but I, I became curious for a reason. I I can't even I don't even know why. Like, I, I've never had the urge to seek him out. Um, I remember all the stories my mom told me, and I remember how she described him. And so that's all I had to go on. And then for some reason, like, around this time last year, um, I got the urge to look for him. And so I kind of did my own little investigation at first. And it turns out I found him, but I didn't know it was him because yeah. when I asked him questions about my mom, he didn't remember. And so I was like, oh, my mom's unforgettable. This ain't that dude. Yeah. <laughs> it's, you ain't going to forget my mom. Like, you know, so um, I was like, I let it go. A couple months later, uh, my buddy, Wayne, who is a federal investigator, mm-hmm. and he also, he's an actor as well, but he also, he knows how to look for people through ancestry DNA. And so I did my ancestry DNA thing. So my DNA was in the system. And so he started helping me decipher, you know, the family tree and finding people. And so I reached out to some cousins that was like second cousins. And I was like, I never met them before. If they second cousins, then they on your dad's side. And I was like, oh, I didn't think about that. So we started going through the thing. We found them, asked them, do they know a dude named Stuart Mitchell? They was like, oh yeah, I know Stuart. Wait, Stuart, oh, yeah, oh, Stuart, okay, that makes sense. <laughs> I was like, but uh, I found out um, through him I have nine other siblings that I didn't know of. I got yeah. nine other brothers and sisters, um, some of which are older than me. So I'm, so I'm not, the oldest, not the oldest no, anymore. Exactly, right. yeah, so I was like, oh, wow, that's awesome. So I got a big sister, I got a big brother, um, and 22 nieces and nephews. Jeez. Yeah, so I, I uh, we got a hold of Stuart. Stuart did the DNA thing, and it came back, you know, match 100%. Yeah. So I was like, okay, there's no denying it. That is my dad. Right. And so we met up last September, I want to say, like early September. Uh-huh. His birthday was the 24th. So like around three weeks after we met up was his birthday. Um, I spoke to him on his birthday and everything, and 
I was traveling working at the time and I was in California filming a project and I got the call that he passed away. This was like a couple of weeks after his birthday. Yeah. And I, I didn't know how to feel about that at first because it was like, you, you know, I, feel? Yeah, I didn't really know how to process that because I didn't know him long enough uh -huh. to gain that type of relationship or bond. Yeah. yeah. And when I seeked him out, to be honest, I when I first started looking for him, I didn't want him to find out I was looking because I wasn't looking to build a relationship with him. I was looking to see where I come from. Just really more see, curiosity then. Yeah. And see, you know, basically where my family was, yeah. who my family was for that matter, who they were, where they were and stuff. So that was my motivation behind looking for him. But, you know, it was just, I think a couple of days later it did hit me that boom he's gone now both my parents are legitimately gone yeah and, and did that emotionally did did it mm -hmm. i was you felt it emotionally i was sitting on the bed and i just started crying and i don't know why yeah. at first but then i was thinking about it i think it was a commercial that triggered it yeah i was watching a commercial with uh a father and his kids and whatever and it just for that matter it just pow yeah you know but i mean ever since my mom passed back in 2008 the randomest things would trigger, you know, emotional yeah, responses. And yeah. I never used to be that way. But I remember I was watching the movie, uh, what was it, This Christmas with mm -hmm. Chris Brown and all of them. Yeah. So Idris Elba was named Quentin. And Loretta Devine was playing the mom of everybody. And I always said Loretta Devine reminds me of my grandma. My grandma passed away a year before my mom. Uh -huh. So in the end of that movie, everybody's having the dinner around the table. And he sneaks in and hugs her. And she goes, Quentin. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> oh. Stop boohooing. Like, oh, oh, oh. I'm like, why am I crying over this movie? Yeah. That's, that's interesting just, because you know, um, I, I was always the oldest. Mm -hmm. And then when my father passed, I met some new siblings that you didn't know right that are older than me so i'm no longer i'm no longer the oldest so we brothers we yeah, brothers right you know? and now <laughs> actually thing. could be i mean I you know? <laughs> but, you know? but but seriously though but but for me i just had no emotional feelings yeah. or attachment it was just like another day at the office when he passed yeah. me so that's the, you know, and, and when it initially when it happened that's i kind of felt the same way i was like you know i don't really know how to respond yeah. to this because it was it's not like i don't love the man it's just i had no reason not to love him yeah you know did you know what funeral? the story was uh i couldn't because i was working on yeah. set at the time it happened it was in houston i was in la yeah filming and but um i was talking to one of my sisters and they were sending me pictures and stuff of it yeah and so it was like a oh it was a a link where I can look at it on, on, on live. live. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. But, um, yeah, it was just, I don't know. It was one of those things that took a while to get to. Now, my mom's funeral, I was there. Um, I'm sure, yeah. Man, I lost it. What, what did your mom, one, just talk to me about your mom and um, what she meant to you? Everything. My mom was my superhero. And I say that in a literal sense, so... Uh, I got to go back and tell you the story of Laura. Okay. So, 
Now, y'all know Medea, right? Yeah. I always absolutely. describe her as the, the rated R version of Medea. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Medea was off the chain, but my mama was off the chain. Right. Um, I remember, so the first, the first, first time I knew she was off the chain. Um, I had this mean teacher in the second grade. And one time I had to go to the bathroom, she didn't want me to go. So I almost went on myself, but the bell rang, saved me, so I ran to the bathroom, boom. Went home and told my mom. My mom said, boy, if you gotta go to the bathroom, you get up and go, I don't care what the teacher say. I said, mom, get in trouble. She said, you wanna get in trouble with the teacher? Or you wanna get in trouble with me (laughs) for going to the bathroom on yourself? Right. And so I was like, you right, you right. So the time came, I had to go, and I gave her three three, three strikes. First time, she said no. Second time, she said no, I couldn't hold it again, I said, Asked her again, she said, no, I got up and walked out. Yeah. When I came back in the class, she slapped me. The teacher? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay. Turned around, walked out the class, went straight to the principal's office. Now, I had the principal, my principal at the time, he was like one of them drill sergeant principals, like, picture Morgan Freeman in, 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 in uh, Lean On Me. Yeah. The song that I forgot yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> um, he was like Morgan Freeman in Lean On Me. Um, that dude wasn't afraid of nobody. I ain't never seen him afraid of nobody, but my mama. Yeah, and I think he kind of had a crush on her uh, as I think back. But um, I walk in the office and he sees me, and I'm like, water's running out my eyes. And, what happened? I said the teacher hit me. He said, Oh Lord. Uh, <laughs> he kept me in the office the rest of the day. Got me McDonald's, a Happy Meal. <laughs> I read the lunch menu on the PA system. I was the principal <laughs> for the rest of the day. Right. Forgot all about the slap, went home. But apparently my face was bruised. So soon my mom see me, she said, what happened to your face? I said, mom, you, you, started you, crying you said, you said to walk out. <laughs> <laughs> you know, in a crowd, you can't really talk. Yeah. And, and I said, she, she hit, hit me. She, she go, oh, okay, that's what she did? Okay. Go in the room, lay down, take a nap. I said, that's it? <laughs> she said, yeah, go lay, lay down, take a nap. I was like, all right, cool. Forgot all about it. Next day, we have a fire drill assembly at the school. Um, whole school is in the, like, it's, not, it's like a gymnasium, but it's like the front. It is like the gymnasium. Yeah. Lined up class by class, boom. Fire drill inspector and the principal walk out the doors. My mom walks in the door or something. <laughs> I see her, because I'm already looking at them when, when the assembly was over. And she's like, standing in the room, she's looking around. Like, when she seen me, she's like, where she at? She mouthed it like, where she at? And I just, <laughs> just have my eyes a point. I'm like, oh, Lord, it's about to go, about to go down. It's about to go down. <laughs> she walks over to the teacher. Now, my mom, 5'10", about 250 at the time. Big mom, you know? Yeah. This teacher was all of maybe 5'4". This was not about to be good. She goes, did you hit my son? That teacher said, yes. I, my mom said, don't you ever put oh. your hands on my child. What's wrong with She got a syllable, a slap for every it, syllable wow. that came out. My, it was just, oh, no. I'm standing there crying. Mama, no. Mama's Cried all, all over again. Like, ah. All the kids said, said she's been deserving this. Exactly. <laughs> In my head, I'm like, that's it. She going to jail. Me and my brother going to end up in the system. This <laughs> is be not orphan. good. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, you know, the principal, teachers are standing like, get her. You get her. I ain't jumping in there. I don't want that. You. Exactly. <laughs> principal and the fire drill inspectors came running back in. They pulled her off and broke the fight up. 
then uh, like the cops was trying to put handcuffs on her. Like, no, 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 you don't have to do that. This lady right here hit her son. This lady's fired. <laughs> right. I was the principal said that, so I was yeah. like, oh wow, okay, all right. So they didn't press the school didn't press charges, um, and the teacher got arrested for hitting me. Yeah. And um, that was a bad day for the teacher. Bad day for the teacher. I'm gonna I'm gonna interject this. <laughs> when I was in the maybe third or fourth grade. We were doing a, a school play and I was they told us to be quiet and I was talking Ooh. and one of the teachers came up to me and just slapped me pow, in the face. And after hearing this story, that's crazy. I wish I had told my mom. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't tell my mom because I felt like, you know, I was you the know. one wrong. But in hindsight, <laughs> yeah, I hadn't thought about that story until you just said I should have told my mom. Oh, uh, yeah. I was telling my mom. <laughs> Mom, she did what? Okay, that's how hold I up. felt. That's hold how up. I felt when she did it. <laughs> you start taking jewelry off. Right. Come here, let me talk to you for a second. <laughs> Man, it's interesting, though, some of the similar uh, yeah, uh, stories I know, right? and, yeah. and dynamics. Yeah. So uh, I know that one of the challenges you had uh, in life or have had in life was dealing with your, your uh, health and, and weight mm-hmm. loss and that sort of thing. Uh, talk to me about that. Yeah, it was... Um, I, what I found out is that I was a depressive eater. So I battled a lot of depression, especially after um, things kind of died down from the movie. Uh, I kind of went back into this grieving moment where the loss of my mom became loud again. Yeah. Um, there was only probably six months before doing the movie that she passed. And me and my brother, up until we got the part for the movie, were still in that same apartment where all of that went down. And so I, I kind of had to compartmentalize that grief, just put it aside and focus on the task at hand. You know, yeah. I was like, I'm, Mama went this far to get me that opportunity. I'm going to make sure I do whatever I can to take advantage of it. Yeah. And so that's kind of like why I had to put everything aside and do what I needed to. And then once things started dying down, you know, the, the demand wasn't that frequent anymore and the opportunities were falling by the wayside. People were just up and out in my life and I was trusting them to be what they said they were. And they were saying, okay, you ain't hot no more. We're gonna go over here. Right. And so then I was just like kind of left alone to feel the loss all over again and my coping mechanism became food even if i wasn't hungry i would just go eat yeah you know buy food and eat it just because and i didn't understand at the time that that's what was happening it it, it took me getting past that to figure out that's what i was doing right you know um but yeah i just i blew up like a christmas tree bigger than i ever was before and reaching almost near 600 pounds then i mean then a couple times weight went up and down i tried different treating uh things with coaches and nutritionists and stuff meal preps and all of that um what i found is like none of it stuck like i i would start something then after time you know i would i would go back into my old ways or whatever. I never really stuck to it. But then um, 2019, June of 2019, 
I got diagnosed with congestive heart failure. And that's the same thing that took my mom. Wow. So that was a scary moment for me. It was a, a, a wake up call, but yeah. a, a scary moment because I was, that's all I thought about. I was like, you know, she got diagnosed at 37 and 44, she was gone. I got diagnosed at 35. I'm like, I ain't trying to be out here by 42, you right. know? So right. I'm like, uh, I kind of saw history repeating itself. And I was like, no, we're not going to do this. Yeah. Because I know now what I didn't know when she was here, or she'd still be here. Yeah. So I just started, you know, doing things differently. I, I, I started working out on my own. I started changing my eating. And then COVID happened. Yeah. That beat me down, in and out the hospital maybe five or six times throughout 2020. With COVID? Yeah, because, no, no, no. So, one time for COVID, but because of the heart issues and everything right. that was going on and how my body was reacting to stuff, I kept going in. I Luckily, no heart, no heart attacks. Yeah. There's some wood around here. <laughs> Back on the wood. <laughs> no, heart, no heart attacks. Uh, they did procedures see i had no blockages and everything um, but it was just my body would retain a lot of water and my heart function was weakening and yeah. the issue with that was that there was like this wall of fluid yeah blocking now, you know, let, me, let me jump in real quick from the lungs okay what i want to do is i want to invite you back for a part two of this oh of yeah this show yeah i mean we got a lot more ground yeah to we cover. do got a lot more so ground why don't we gonna we're gonna pause here mm -hmm. and i'm gonna ask my viewers to join me back next week with part two okay. of internationally acclaimed actor quentin aaron on self-made with d brown ceo thank you so much for watching and remember without you there's no me